This is Plant-Based Briefing, The Benefits of Millet for Diabetes by Dr. Michael Greger at NutritionFacts.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, host of this curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan living with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And I want to seriously thank everybody for listening. I am doing this as my passion project. It's not my job. My job is a voiceover artist. This is what I do just to be of service to the world. I love to research and find all these various articles and this great information about the so many, many reasons to live a plant-based and vegan lifestyle. And as a voiceover artist with a recording studio, it makes sense for me to just be able to record it and share it with you in audio format. But because on this podcast, I don't have guests, I don't interview anybody, I'm here by myself recording in the booth, and I rarely get any feedback. So when you leave a review for me, I absolutely love it. And I received one last week that made my day, actually made my week, I'm still happy about it because I was starting to get down thinking, well, am I making a difference? Are people listening? I hadn't looked at my stats in a while and I just looked now actually, and the listenership is really growing. Last time I looked, there were 73 or so countries that were listening. Now there are 96. So thank you all so much for listening and sharing. Anyway, back to this review, it's from PhillyDZ11 via Apple Podcasts, and it's titled The Best Plant-Based Podcast, It's five stars and says, hands down the best plant-based podcast, short form, no fluff, and very informative. Every episode I learn something. So thank you. Thank you so much, PhillyDZ11. I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry, I just put a bunch of fluff at the beginning of this episode, but I really appreciate it. And if any of you listening could either on YouTube, give a thumbs up and comment, or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or Amazon, Give a five-star rating and a nice comment in the review space. I'd really appreciate it. And today's article relates to yesterday's, so you might want to go back and take a listen to that first. It's not necessary, but it will make more sense when you listen to today's. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. The Benefits of Millet for Diabetes by Dr. Michael Greger at NutritionFacts.org Summary What were the remarkable results of a crossover study randomizing hundreds of people with diabetes to one and a third cups of millet every day? How does millet come to the help of diabetics? A substantial portion of the starch in millet is resistant starch, meaning resistant to digestion in our small intestine, so providing a bounty for the good bugs in our colon, and way more than the more common grains like rice or wheat. But proso and kodo millet lead the pack. What's going on? The protein matrix in millet not only acts as a physical barrier, but actually also partially sequesters your starch-munching enzyme, and the millet polyphenols also can act as starch blockers in and of themselves. Millet also has markedly slower stomach-emptying times than other starchy foods. If you eat white rice, boiled potatoes, or pasta, your stomach takes about an hour to digest it before starting to slowly dump it into your intestines, and two or three hours to empty about halfway. Whereas you eat sorghum or millet, and stomach emptying doesn't even start until two or three hours, and may take five hours to empty even halfway. No, this was for both a thick millet porridge and for just millet couscous. Since the non-viscous millet couscous meal was also equally slow in emptying, this suggests that there may just be something about millet itself that helps slow stomach emptying, which should blunt the blood sugar spike. But you don't know until you put it to the test. And indeed, millet caused about a 20% slower surge in blood sugar than the same amount of carbs in the form of rice. 
Remember how excited I was to show you how it only took the body like half the insulin to handle sorghum compared to a grain like corn? Well, millet did even better. Give a group of pre-diabetics only about three-quarters of a cup of millet a day, and within six weeks, their insulin resistance dropped so much, their pre-diabetic fasting blood sugars turned into non-pre-diabetic blood sugars. This so-called self-controlled clinical trial, the same subjects before and after, is just a sneaky way of saying an uncontrolled trial. There was no control group that didn't add the millet or add something else, and we know just being in a study under scrutiny can cause people to eat better in other ways. So we don't know what role, if any, the millet itself played. What we need is a randomized, controlled crossover trial where the same people eat both a millet-containing and non-millet-containing diet and see which works better. And here we go. A randomized crossover study having hundreds of patients both do an American Diabetes Association type diet with and without about one and a third cup of millet every day. And the millet-based diet lowered hemoglobin A1c levels, meaning an improvement in long-term blood sugar control along with some side benefits like lowering cholesterol. The target for good blood sugar control recommended by the American Diabetes Association is an A1c less than 7. They started out at 8.37, but after a few months on millet, dropped it to an average of 6.77. Is it just because they lost weight or something? No, suggesting that it was an effect specific to the millet. But they didn't just give millet. They mixed the millet with split black lentils and spices, and we know from dozens of randomized controlled experimental trials in people with and without diabetes that the consumption of pulses, meaning beans, split peas, chickpeas, or lentils, can improve long-term measures of blood sugar control like A1c levels. So while the researchers conclude that millets have the potential for a protective role in the management of diabetes, a more accurate conclusion might be a mix of millet and lentils can be protective. Though hey, maybe the spices help too. They didn't say which ones they used and I couldn't get a hold of the authors, but a similar study done by one of the same researchers included about a tablespoon a day of a mixture of fenugreek, coriander, cumin, and black pepper with a fifth spice, perhaps cinnamon or turmeric. You just listened to The Benefits of Millet for Diabetes by Dr. Michael Greger at nutritionfacts.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, your host. And it blows my mind that by simply eating millet and pulses, like in this study, they mixed millet with split black beans and spices, can lower your A1c into the safe range and lower your cholesterol. That's crazy. That's amazing. So millet is not only good for world hunger because it's a drought-resistant grain, but it's good for health as well. If you Google the year of millet, of course, the FAO press release and other things come up, but there are tons and tons of things come up, even an article in modernfarmer.com, because in the U.S., there are many farmers who are being impacted severely by drought, and this could be a solution. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.